0: Welcome to The Secrets of the Self-Made, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of some of the most successful and inspiring entrepreneurs and self-made individuals. Join us as we delve into the stories of those who have achieved great success, uncovering the secrets that allowed them to overcome challenges, push through obstacles, and ultimately achieve their dreams. From business magnets to creative geniuses, we explore the traits, habits, and mindsets that set these individuals apart and offer valuable insights and practical advice for anyone seeking to achieve their own success. Sit back, relax, and prepare to discover the secrets of the self-made.
1: Welcome back to The Secrets of the Self-Made. Today we have Manoj Agarwal, who is the founder and chief innovation officer of Tetra Noodle Technologies, an elite AI consulting company. With a remarkable track record of driving transformative change, Manoj through tech Tetra Noodle has touched at least 10 million lives and generated over $500 million in value through his expertise in technology and AI. He has shared his insights at the United Nations alongside distinguished figures like the Secretary General and Nobel Peace Prize winners, while President Obama and Bill Gates have also recognized his work. With four AI patents to his name, Manoj is the perfect mentor to guide you through the transformative potential of AI and its benefits for businesses. Join us and discover the limitless possibilities of AI under the guidance of this visionary industry influencer. Manoj, thank you so much for being here. I could not be more excited about this conversation.
2: Thank you so much. Uh, that was a lovely bio. Thanks. Uh, very generous uh, introduction. Thanks a lot.
1: Oh, you're welcome. So I I tend to think of myself as an early adopter of technology, sometimes actually to my detriment because I I just, I love all things innovation and I want to better understand it. And sometimes I tend to get so caught up in the understanding that I lose sight and I get, you know, it is kind of that shiny object syndrome. But when AI came onto the scene, um, I was like, oh boy, this is a game changer. And I know you've probably been on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of podcasts, people saying the exact same thing. I, I, was I think a little bit more on the earlier side than a lot of probably our listeners of AI. I was really trying to better understand it in the context of copywriting, um, probably about a year and a half ago. And um, I just found it to be so fascinating. And so I'm super curious to hear about the patents that you have and how you're using it. Of course, I wanna hear your thoughts on, you know, kind of that <laughs> the misconceptions of AI. I, you know, it kind of makes me giggle when I hear people talk about, you know, how it's going to take over the world and, you know, going to take over humanity and, you know, all those fear-based thoughts. And so I'll, of course, let you put everybody's mind to ease, okay, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but I really want to dig in deep to who you are, Uh, you obviously are self-made. I'd love to know what you think it means to be self-made because um, you obviously lean heavily into innovation and you can't innovate unless you are really aware of your thoughts and feelings and how those feelings have you showing up. Like you can't Mm -hmm. operate from that part of your brain that gives you access to innovation. Um, unless you have a heightened sense of awareness. And so I would love to, let's just start there. What do you think of when somebody accuses you, no, uh, tells you that they think of you as a self-made person?
2: You know, uh, that, you have already shared so many insights in just that uh, uh, few sentences you shared. Uh, definitely innovation needs uh, self-awareness. It needs self-confidence. It needs um, for you to give yourself permission to think outside the box because innovation by definition is uh, something that people haven't thought of yet. And that is a very uncomfortable position to be in because uh, as humans we want to be you know, liked by other people. We don't want to stand out. Uh, that is not our human nature. As evolution has taught us uh, If we stand stand out of the group, we most likely are going to have a hard time surviving because, you know, um, humans are not able to protect ourselves against uh, dangerous animals. So we have always lived in small groups. But the thing is that once you get in touch with, uh, once you have a sense of self-awareness and, and, uh, you know, um, once you understand what, you are capable of, what um, gifts you have, then you become brave. You become more vocal about what is going on inside you. And even if people call you crazy, and a lot of people call me crazy for saying certain things, and um, but then you learn how to just uh, smile at that and say, oh, you know, in time, you will also realize what I'm saying is true. And, um, and that takes a lot of courage. Uh, But also, the thing is, um, it also takes experience because earlier on in your career, you know, you are, even though you have these strong feelings about innovation, about yourself, it's not easy to express them. But once you see the pattern in your life that, okay, you know, what I'm thinking, what I'm saying, it actually works, even though a lot of people may not realize it yet, uh, then you gain that confidence. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a game of self-discovery in a, in a way, in my opinion. Like you, you are looking to figure out who you really are as a person, as a human being.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah. tell us, at
1: what age did you kind of come to the conclusion that you had a lot to offer and you really recognize the value in being brave and Setting yourself apart from everyone else.
2: You know, uh, the, uh, I mean, the, um, growth happens in in uh, in a sort of staircase uh, pattern. You know, you grow a little bit and then you flatline, then you grow a little bit, then you flatline. Um, so the first growth spurt, I guess, uh, you know, that was uh, back in India. I was growing up, uh, and uh, as a teenager, I was I used to work in a factory, and the first first growth spurt happened when I. Um, one day I was going through some business magazines at the factory and I read these stories of tycoons who were very, very successful and came from nothing. And so that led me to think, okay, you know, life doesn't need to be whatever uh, it is. Like you can actually shape your life. You can actually control your life. And so that led me to find something, uh, some skill that is going to make me more valuable than working in a factory so that led me to find my love for computers and technology and software and so that spurt happened but then uh, for the next uh, 20 30 years i've had um, i had a lot of good professional success working on some really global imp- globally impactful projects and working with corporations like microsoft or ibm but at, um, my personal relationships were suffering really, really badly. So, uh, I didn't realize the magnitude of potential I, I, I had and other people had until I was about 40 years of age, because I was like caught up in, uh, in the complexities of life, you know, professional balancing professional, um, life with personal life and dealing with, you know, um, a uh, little bit of a uh, broken marriage and my relationship with my parents all of that stuff sort of combined but then what happens in life is you meet somebody else who can see something in you that you cannot see and when they reveal it to you then like then then it sort of makes sense oh okay uh, i didn't realize this was happening you know the first growth spurt was the business magazines who, who told me a little bit about life and then as you go along the way uh, i met a lot of mentors and coaches and and uh, people who really showed me uh the, the potential that uh, that i had and then in turn i realized how much potential every every person has and they just sort of uh close it in they just hide it away they put it away um just because they don't want to stand out we what we were saying earlier it is not difficult uh, it is not easy for people to really um show up as their authentic self, because that, that uh, puts them, you know, uh, makes them uncomfortable. And then they, it makes the people around them uncomfortable. Um, and then once you, once you get comfortable with being uncomfortable, that is the best feeling, like then, then you can be anybody who, who you want to be, because you know, life is not, uh, supposed to be comfortable and you find comfort in that. Right. Uh, I, I, yeah. I mean, that that I went, uh, I I hope that made sense. Sometimes I blabber on, but yeah, totally makes sense. And I, Mm. I, I explain
1: or I define what it means to be self-made as being willing, you know, to feel all of the feels, including the uncomfortable, including any of the unwanted feels Mm. so that you can with intention, get the results that you want, but also there's an and there and model or teach either informally or, or formally other people to do the same thing. Like that's, what's going to really like change our world. When you define yourself as self-made and you take that responsibility, not only for your results, but also for modeling that the way that you're doing that, the way you're taking that kind of responsibility for your results, you know, modeling that for other people. I think absolutely, it's absolutely. that one-two punch that um, really makes that definition not an ego-driven yeah, definition. Yeah. It's really more of like a purpose-driven
2: definition. Absolutely, absolutely. And you, funny you say that because being an engineer, I'm always modeling uh, my own life journey. and And as you said, like, Um, Once you discover a path, it's always good to preserve it for future generations or others.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, so you have went from, what was it? I read $2 a day, I think in your bio, like you were earning $2 a day to now being in the boardrooms of fortune 500s tell us about that like journey what did that actually look like? How did that come to be?
2: Yeah, it was quite it's it's been quite an interesting ride. Um, so as I said, you know once I once I got some inspiration from the business magazines, I found my love for technology, then I came to North America. And uh, this was, uh, you know, 1998. So dot-com boom time. Uh, lot, a lot was happening. A lot of companies were growing. So I got a job. Then I lost my job uh, because of September uh, The sorry, um, the dot-com bust. And then I lost another job. Several other jobs. I lost two or three times uh, in within two three years. Uh, September 11th and Gulf War a lot of things were happening in the world Um, so that led me to entrepreneurship so uh, you know I thought okay this job security thing doesn't seem to be a reality Um, so I started uh, my consulting company and started working with a lot of startups and uh, as, as it happens you know uh, people who are innovators we are always curious we are always looking for the next thing as as you mentioned you are an innovator and not a lot of people in the world are innovators but being an innovator I'm always looking for okay what is the latest technology we can get our hands on and how can we use it to change the world make an impact so um, we uh, you know we started working with uh, AI. Back in 2007, we started working with all the latest and greatest technologies as they come out. And so the other thing that we always, as a company, we try to do is look for work which has direct impact on people. Uh, So we have done a lot of work in healthcare. Uh, helping doctors give better care to patients, ha- helping patients, you know, manage their own health, better education, uh, you know, a lot of these like sort of directly impacting industries. And these uh, these few um, filters that we applied to anything that we put our hands on led us to you know, working with Microsoft led us to working with IBM, led us to working with Pearson Education. All these are Fortune 500 companies. And it was, it was, uh, I will say, you know, the, like there was not a plan, like, you know, there is no way sitting in that factory I, I could have dreamt of, oh, you know, one day I'm going to be sitting in uh, next to senior vice president of a Fortune 500. And th- that was never uh, even uh, would have crossed my mind but it's just these little steps and staying true to your convictions, staying true to your core values a lot of people I feel like they make compromises they start their journey with a lot of uh enthusiasm and they say okay this is this is the this, these are my standards I'm not going to go below these standards and when life happens life is not easy like you know we can dream all we want but then uh you really have to work hard to maintain those standards. For example, if I say, okay, you know, I'm only going to do this work at uh, if it impacts 10,000 lives, if um, I get this much, uh, you know, uh, resources to work with, if, uh, you know, the, the, the client who I'm working with, they understand these things and, you know, they are good people to work with. But what happens is like when push comes to shove, people start to make compromises and they start to lower their standards. And that's where everything starts to fall apart. But when you maintain your standards, it takes a lot of time and energy to get to where you want to be. But then eventually, I I, I feel like if you do that, the results are um, so much more uh, profound than you had expected. Yeah. I Mm. so
1: wholeheartedly agree. It's like, you got to make those decisions of, you know, what your standards are making that decision is, you know, critical step number one Mm. and then committing to, Mm. you know, knowing that you like your reasons for making that decision Mm. is going to help you stay committed to it. Um, Yeah. And just really understanding that you know, it's, it is the sifting and sorting through the ups and downs that's going to make it all possible. So having some sort of expectation that this is going to feel like you're, you know, sliding down rainbows every day. (laughs) It's probably not the right expectation. Exactly. Uh, As you and I both know, being entrepreneurs. So you are the chief innovation officer for Tetra Noodle Technologies. Yes. What, what are they responsible for? What uh, are the five patents under their umbrella?
2: Yes, yes, yes. So it's actually four patents. And so it's, it's, it's a uh, technology consulting company. So we work with the entrepreneurs, we work with other uh, companies where they are trying to solve a complex problem through technology. So they had an, they have an idea for a product, they, or they already have a product which is not working or, They want to adopt AI and, you know, make their um, business more efficient. Um, So we work with the client and sometimes even they're not clear on exactly what they want. So first step is getting that clarity. What is is the end goal? What is the result we are looking for? And then uh, working backwards from there. And seeing, okay, you know, what are the technologies uh, that we need? Who are the people do we need? What is the timeline that we need to work with? Um, so we take on um, technology and innovation projects and deliver uh, deliver end to end technology to our clients and help them uh, uh, bring it to market, help them scale it. Uh, that's uh, that's how we work. And uh, we also have our own internal products that we have built over the years based on um, you know numerous engagements we've had uh, with clients. So it's all about it's all about improving lives, improving businesses, helping people uh, become more profitable, um, grow faster, reduce their risk. Um, it's all through technology. And basically, as you were saying earlier, you know modeling modeling my own life, Um, You know, what I have experienced in my life going from a factory worker to a global thought leader working with large corporations, I call it like a hockey stick growth, exponential growth, right? And so when I look at my own life, I always have looked at data, uh, you know, even though I didn't realize I was doing all of that stuff in my head, um, but I have always looked at data and then optimized for, okay, this is my data point, now what's the next step, so we build these kind of systems for other uh, people and organizations so that they can experience that hockey stick growth, which is what everybody's looking for, but is elusive for a lot of people, right? It's, uh, they don't, they can't figure out, okay, how to navigate the complexity of life and get to where they want to go as quickly and easily as possible. Um, not, it's not always easy, but it's always fun. So, so, we do we do create that kind of uh, you know operating system for for our clients. Love
1: it. And so, do you primarily find yourself in the healthcare sector?
2: No, no healthcare. We we've done a lot of work in healthcare, but as I said, um, two of my pat- uh, two of my patents are in education. So you know uh, uh, schools K to twelve, higher education. We've done a lot of work in real estate. We uh, logistics consumer electronics. Um, so we we dive into industries uh, which are not related because, again, one of the things about innovation is you take some solutions that exist in one silo, one industry, and then you apply it in another industry. And it's very simple and it's fun to do, but I, I'm so surprised that other people don't do it. They, they just stay in their lane and then they, say, you know, they just say, okay, this is how we've done things for decades and th- this is how it's gonna be. But if they just stand back and say, okay, you know, as humans, we have common problems. It's not unique problems. Everybody has similar problems. If you just stand back and say, okay, I am in the logistics industry. Let me just go and attend a, a seminar or a conference in furniture industry or, you know, healthcare industry or, you know, uh, wellness industry and see how what kind of problems they have and see how they have solved those problems. And you'll be amazed how much information, how much uh, insight you get. Um, And that is uh, easily transferable into your industry. And if you do that over and over again, like it's, it's mind blowing how fast you can move.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of our operating system that we teach all of our clients. We teach them this very simple four step process that creates a sense of self control, but it has unlimited applications. You just have to be very open minded to how it can be applied and to what it can be applied to. I haven't yet found a subject matter that it can't be applied to. And so, but I tend to be a very innovative type person. So to me, that seems very simple. Um, And so I think that's why I, you know, do what I do. And I I get so much reward from what I do is because I can help open up the eyes of Mm. the people that, you know, start, tend to walk through life with their eyes wide shut.
2: (laughs) Mm, Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely.
1: So, um, okay, so where does AI come into all of this?
2: Well, see, um, it's uh, very interesting how our conversation has led us to this point, because as we were saying, um, the the best and easy way to innovate is to just look um, beyond your, um, uh, you know, field of visibility, like beyond the boundaries of where you uh you are operating in. And before uh, platforms like Cat GPT came along, you've, you would have had to go physically and find these people in different industries, talk to them. But now imagine that you find a person who have uh, done deep work in every industry out there you know, they have a PhD in mathematics. They have a PhD in science. They have a PhD in uh, marketing and sales and anthropology and history and whatnot. And, and and the person is available to answer any question 24-7, never takes a day off. Uh, and if you come across that type of a person, what, what kind of possibilities it can open for you? You can try to marry multiple concepts. So I'll give you an example. Like... Um, I was talking to a neurosurgeon and they were and, and a fascinating thing is they had gone to China and they experienced uh, traditional Chinese medicine and they were like very fascinated by it. They even like, you know, um, they use it in certain ways in their practice. So th- uh, th- uh, that led me, you know, in this conversation to to say, OK, there are so many modalities Uh, which are solving similar problems across the world, healthcare being one. Uh, But as it happens, uh, a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner and a neurosurgeon in the West, they will never cross paths. um, And uh, let alone uh, taking the best from both these worlds and coming up with a a brand new way of treating people, right? Mm -hmm. But with AI, there is no boundary anymore. I can say, okay, take the best of this neurosurgeon, uh, uh, you know, principle, neuro, uh, and then take the best of these uh, Chinese uh, medicine uh, practices and then tell me, what will you suggest for this? I'm, again, this is a far out, far out uh, you know, uh, scenario. I don't recommend people try it in real life, uh, but that's where we are heading, right? So yeah. a simpler example could be, you know, I, I was watching, uh, TikTok um, uh, and there is a channel on that where a chef uh, asks Chad GPT to come up with new recipes and then he cooks those recipes and he's surprised at the creativity of what Chad GPT is doing like he was describing some caramelized onions that uh, it, it was a mac and cheese recipe and Chad GPT suggested caramelized onions in it. and the chef was like This is kind of strange but i'll go with it and see what happens i was like so surprised at the result because it was so good and he said that i would have never thought about putting caramelized onions in mac and cheese because that never you know crossed my mind as a as a a normal human experience but uh chat gpt is pulling data from the entire written human history the yeah. vast vast experience so that's uh, that's what uh, you know that, that's what's exciting that's why it is so conducive for innovators um to borrow these ideas and 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 uh, you know um take things forward and yeah and uh, solve some complex problems
1: so how much of your day it involves involves
2: uh ai well i mean i have been you know, we we are um, we have been blessed that AI is not something new to us. We have been right. f- working with it since uh, 2007, uh, and platforms like Jasper and others came out, I think, four or five years ago. So we started using uh, AI heavily um, about three three and a half years ago. Um, so I will say our business is like, you know, 80%, uh, pretty much everything that we do, we try to infuse AI everywhere. Wherever we run into a problem, we think to ourselves, okay, you know, let's ask AI how to solve it. And then let's actually implement it using AI tools. So we are always um, pushing ourselves to use more and more AI uh, without letting go of people. Uh, We, It's not that we want to replace people we want to empower people to use ai to become more efficient and um i i believe if if i look at our entire business like everything we do depends on ai but if we say okay how how much time we spend directly working with ai i will say like 70 to 80% of our time is uh, working directly with ai so that's a
1: pretty significant change in mm-hmm. your you know, your way of operating from a professional sense um, over the course of the last, what, 15 years. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That's right,
1: that's right. Isn't that crazy? So um, what's your comment when people say, be careful, AI could take over humanity?
2: (laughs) How do you respond to that? All right, so let's talk about that. See, um, you know, along with AI, um, I've uh, had some very deep experiences into the human mind, into the human psychology. And even I have studied the neuroscience of the mind, like how it all operates. Um, When we say that AI is going to take over humanity, we are basically projecting our own fears because as humans, we tend to think as soon as I have the power, my first order of business is to suppress others. That's what we think, that's what we have um, been made to believe. But if we look at history, if we look at a long term chart, very long term chart of human evolution, if we were that competitive, if we were that vicious, that the only thing that we can think of is suppressing others, we would have eliminated ourselves long time ago. You know, there have been uh, uh, many, many periods in history where human population on this planet dwindled to about a thousand or even less okay and we were competing with other species Neanderthals and, and all of the other humanoids right so human nature is collaborative uh, by default it's not uh, competitive by default so that's one thing second thing is when we say okay even if uh, AI becomes uh, you know this all-powerful uh, uh, entity that um, that can take over the world people, don't understand what taking over the world means. There are millions and millions of species on this planet, and there is only one species that wages organized war against each other, and that's just humans. That's it, right? So it's not in in nature to have these kind of things happen, where you know one species is eliminating another species. Um, and then the next thing is that even when we say okay, uh, there may be a scenario where uh, this can happen. Then also, people need to realize what causes this kind of action. This is not something somebody wakes up one day and says, "Okay, I want to wage a war against other nation." It's a generational trauma that they have experienced. You know, generational suppression, generational uh, sort of uh, imp- impoverishment, and that uh, uh, gives rise to um, you know all these uh, emotions bottled up that erupts as a, as a, as a volcano and that's what the definition of war is right so in order for ai to behave that way you c- you'll have to conceive of an algorithm that can replicate that generational trauma that can replicate that uh, you know um, way of being and somebody will have to be so in tune almost i i say somebody will need to be 10 times more enlightened than the Buddha to understand this human condition and then convert that into an algorithm and then plant it into AI to do its bidding. So you have to be 10 times more in tune than Buddha, but 10 times more evil than Hitler to say, okay, I have now built an algorithm. I'm planting it in AI. Now go take over humanity. And that's that's how I see the world, which sounds... Yeah, I, I don't see that being possible. But but let, you you know, I don't know how things are going to turn out in a in a couple of hundred years. But that's where we are today. I hope that makes sense. It does.
1: Yeah, I think our truest essence um, is to be collaborative, to co-create, and when you remind yourself of that. Um, and you start feeling the fear of the, what if something has this ability to take over, you know, our jobs or our life or, you know, the way we think, or, you know, starts to um, do the opposite, you essentially are pushing against your truest essence, what it is that You, your inner being actually knows. And so it shows up in the form of this question, right? It's like we fear this unknown. But if we really tap into our truest essence and what it is that we do know, Mm -hmm. that question is like insignificant, obsolete. It's not even there. And so it's just a fear driven question, you know. Of course, humans have the tendency to be, to operate from that part of their brain that's very reactive and fear-based, but that's all that is. And yeah, so exactly. and kind of dis, you know, um, I don't know, we can disregard, I guess, that question. We can understand it, we can have empathy for the people who are toying with that question, but it, um, we also can, you know, quickly, I think, uh I don't know, distinguish it or extinguish it. Um, So thank you. That is a great answer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So I I find it so fascinating that you work the majority of your day with some type of AI, yet you speak on this platform about how you can use the power of your mind
2: to achieve anything. So I love that you have like this juxtaposition. Well, um the the reason why that happened was, as I said, you know, after going through some deep experiences, I, I do believe AI is actually a continuation or a continuum of our human mind. It actually is because it is consuming the data that is produced by our mind to understand the world around us. and then it impacts us to think. Uh, because if you look around information today, you know, the news that we consume, the media that we consume, every everything that we see around us is pretty much controlled by AI. So it is actually it's a two-way street of how we play with AI. And um, if you're interested, I can give you another like uh, uh, a tip or a, a, a magic wand I call it. And if if you want to try it, it's a very oh. fun exercise.
1: Heck yeah! Let's All go. Right.
2: So um, so if you want to experience what AI and and your mind can do together. Um, think of uh, something that you want to achieve in the next 30 days, okay? So it doesn't need to be like a, a huge uh, goal, but something along the lines of, you know, maybe you want to go on a getaway vacation with your family or what have you. So most people, when you ask them about this goal, they'll have a vague idea. Okay, you know, I want to go to a vacation, you know, I want to do certain things, but not very detailed, like a vision about that. So if you go to Chat GPT input some data about yourself, about your goal, and ask it to write a detailed 2,000-word story about how it has already happened, how, and and write it in first person. And then read it out to yourself every day and uh, ask ChatGPT to add more details about the places you go, the flavors you enjoy, you know, the the weather, uh, all of that stuff. Because that is, that, that creates a very vivid and detailed story, uh, uh, a vision of what that experience is going to be like. And when you read it out to yourself every day, it actually starts to actuate. It actually starts to come into your life in many ways. And and you will be like totally blown away what happens. So, I give this uh, sort of a mini exercise for people because this is very, very easy to do, but then the experience you get is so profound. Like it's, it's just like magic. So try it. Let me know how, how it went for you. I love that because you know, what comes to mind as you're saying this is that we're only
1: limited by our own imagination. Right. And so if you learn to use, um, chat GPT as a tool to expand upon your own imagination, then yeah, you can totally, you know, co-create with it. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So what does meditation and AI have in common? Are we on the same
2: track? Yeah. See, see meditation is, uh, as I said, like what I just uh, shared with you, this, this uh, magic wand trick once you do it for you know seven to ten days or or continuously read the story what you experience in your mind is very much similar to meditation because meditation is basically separating out your subconscious mind and your conscious mind so we in the world operate as logical human beings and we think that all our actions are controlled by our logical mind But the fact is 95% of our actions are controlled by our subconscious mind. And it's not through logic, it's through emotions. So if I buy a red, uh, bright red Ferrari, it's not a logical decision, it's an emotional decision about how it will make me feel about myself. So that's what's going on, right? When you meditate, and, and the fact is that when you don't meditate, The subconscious mind and the conscious mind, they are a single entity. You cannot distinguish between them. But once you start to meditate, your conscious mind and subconscious mind, they start to become separate entities. And now your conscious mind can actually observe your subconscious mind. You can see what are the thought patterns that are going on. And you can, once you see them, you can start to replace them you can say, Oh, you know, I'm feeling down. I wonder why this is happening. Oh, okay, this is happening because of, you know, I, um, I experienced this. So let me find a positive uh, uh, reason why that happened. And now I can plant that thought in my head. Um, and it's like, it's like fine tuning your own engine, you know. Mm-hmm. And so if you do this exercise that I just said, because I, you know, I tell people, uh, meditate, and they say, Oh, I don't have time. And then I say, okay, meditate even more then. Um, but then uh, the the thing is that uh, most people want results without much effort, right? So then I, when I came across AI, you know, this is the best form of exercise I could share with people, which is very, very uh, easy to do. And it's fun to do. Plus it gets some results like, like, like magic. So uh that's, that's what meditation and ai has in common but obviously that is just scratching the surface if people want to go deeper there are so many layers under there but uh, but yeah i mean um, it it is a very very powerful way to look at the mind and ai yeah
1: okay so give us the practical application using your mind and the extension of your mind ai to you know have career success, professional growth. I think a lot of people are very inspired by your self-made success story. Mm -hmm. What would be your best advice on, you know, having similar results to what you've experienced? Um, What would be the technique that you would use? Sure, sure.
2: I'll give it. Uh, I'll give few few steps in this process. The first thing is self-awareness. You know, you need to understand who you are. Um, so. Uh... When I say self-awareness, it's not about what is your favorite uh, ice cream flavor? What is your favorite color? It's more about how do you see life? What are non-negotiables for you? For example, for me, uh, you know, family is a Um, non-negotiable adventure, uh, curiosity. These are some of the things that I seek in life. Um, And once you understand your core values, then every decision you make in life big or small you can say okay does this align with my core value or not so that's number one self-awareness second thing is what are you going to use as your vehicle to create value in the world so professional success is nothing else but exchange of value whatever you're producing in the world the world is paying you back Um, so in order to maximize that value there's a japanese concept called ikigai Okay. So Ikigai literally means your uh, purpose of being. And basically what it does is it's a framework that um, gives you a combination of what you're good at, what the world needs, what people will pay for, and what you enjoy doing. So at the intersection of all this, you find a skill or a couple of skills that are so valuable and enjoyable for you that, you know, that will lead to effortless, uh, effortless uh, success. And the third part, which I say is that most of us have been conditioned to believe that we really need to work super, super, super hard uh, and learn all the things in order to achieve something. And that is so uh, counter uh, productive because as human beings, we are only good at maybe one or two things, okay? And when you do the ikigai exercise, you will find out, that that it's very very tiny piece of uh, you know a skill set that we bring to the table that is that is unique to us that is our like uh, fingerprint almost right nobody else can do it better uh, so in order to achieve professional success you need to realize it's never the uh, how to achieve professional success it's always the who will help me achieve professional success so get very, very good at communication, get very good at building relationships and get very good at collaborating with people, helping other people, even though um, nothing may come in return from the person you're helping, the world is going to pay you back 10 times somehow. Um, so, So the more you can give, the more you will receive. And the more people you have who trust you, like you in your community, the easier it will be for you to achieve that success because whatever problem you face uh, and as as ambitious people, you will face a lot of problems. All you have to do is pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm having this problem. How can you help me solve it? And those are the key things that I have learned at various stages of my life and still learning. But if you apply these things, You know, you you will be well on your way to succeed. Yeah. So, self awareness,
1: understanding or utilizing the Iki guide (laughs) to really find that sweet spot of what it is your contribution. And then, really leaning into your resources.
2: Yeah, exactly. Recognizing
1: what those resources are. I always tell my kids that use your resources, use your resources. Um, Manoj, that's great advice. Uh, Thank you so much Absolutely. time with us how can my guests my listeners find out more about you um you know what more that they can learn from you what's the best place to connect with you
2: yeah just find me on LinkedIn uh, let me know that you heard me on this podcast and tell me a little bit about what uh what you're trying to do what you're trying to achieve And uh, if you are an innovator, if you are a risk taker, you want to, uh, you know, take your business or life to the next level using technology, uh, we'll be happy to chat about that.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I know I'm going to be in touch. I'm a huge fan. So thank you again for sharing your self-made success story. And um, thank you again to all of our listeners for coming back and uh, hearing and not only just listening, but really thinking about how does this apply to you? How does this apply to your life? That's what, that's my challenge to you. I want you to be the innovator of your own life to really ask yourself, how can I use tools? How can I use my resources? You know, tap into AI, which according to Manoj, it's just an extension of your own you know, intuition, your own ability, your own intelligence. So tap into that and use it on, um, to your advantage. So thank you again for being here. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much.
0: Are you struggling to achieve your goals? Do you find yourself getting sidetracked by distractions and obstacles along the way? It's time to take control of your mind and harness the power of self-control with Mind Over Matter. This three-hour program is packed with practical strategies and techniques to help you overcome challenges, stay focused, and achieve your goals. With expert guidance and real-world examples, you'll learn how to train your mind to stay on track and avoid the pitfalls that can derail your progress. Whether you're looking to improve your health, build your business, or reach any other goal, Mind Over Matter is the solution you've been searching for. So why wait? Sign up now and start achieving the success you deserve. Go to www.selfmadeyou.com.